Hey, Matt. Hey, Mark. What's up, man? Oh, not much. So, uh, new recording time. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a time difference with this one. Uh, I'm in Portugal. And Lucky. Yeah, uh, drinking wine, uh, being fucking jet lagged. But, you know, it's a, it's very good. I don't want to make it sound like that's Portugal's fault. <laughs> it's, it's amazing here. It's really, really nice. I'm in Lisbon currently. Um, nice. We're going to be here for another week and a bit. Uh, and then we're going to head to Porto for a little bit. Oh, I'll take some time off while I'm there. So here we're five hours ahead of Montreal. So uh, with my freelancing clients, the overlap, you know, we don't really start overlapping, especially when people are on the West Coast until like 2 p.m. or later. So my workday is like from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., which is actually okay because here they eat dinner way later. Okay. So we like finish up work. We close the co-working space at eight o'clock and then pack up and then immediately go to dinner uh, and then like have a few drinks and just like wake up at way later than <laughs> than is reasonable the next the following day. But then you just do it all again. So nice. So and your wife is is working the exact same hours. Yeah. Yeah. Her her business partner just moved to Lisbon maybe three weeks ago. Um, so they're, and they haven't seen each other in like six months or something. So yeah, they, they're, they're having, they're working together. They're having a good time and we're all working the, basically the same schedule. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was telling me that like, she learned pretty quickly that, you know, if you start working at like 9am, you get a, you know, five hours undisturbed, but then you end up working for another six. So it's really easy to work like eight to eight. Oh. Uh, yeah. You have to, you have to watch your boundaries. Right. So yeah, so you're, you're, are you sold on this digital nomad lifestyle? I mean, this is pretty nice. There's uh, the, the co-working spaces we've seen are really comfortable. They're well-equipped. Um, there's tons of expats here, which is not surprising because of all of the programs, all of the visa programs and everything to bring expats to Portugal. Um, but so far, it's great. Um, the weather will turn, apparently. Uh, it's going to be fall, winter pretty soon. So uh, it's been about 20 every day, but I can see in the, like, and with very low variability, like low of 18, high of 20, it's super okay. consistent. Uh, but going forward, it will be, um, it's going to be like that for around 15, 16. So we'll see how that, how that impacts our desire to, <laughs> to, to stay at least here. Do it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to need sweaters and blankets because it's okay. apparently the, the houses here are very, um, porous and they they're difficult to heat they're difficult to heat and difficult to cool okay. uh, because they just they're so um leaky i don't know what the right word is they they let a lot of air exchange so it's okay. difficult to hold or heat or cold oh i thought for some reason i thought it was like warm and warm all year round yeah i thought it was too um in the winter it gets a little bit colder than like 10 degrees oh but 10 is still a bit too cold like you'd need to heat your home um, or walk around in a snowsuit while at home because otherwise right. you'd be freezing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I like, so, and you've been freelancing, right? Like yeah. during this time. So yep. you're still, you're still as productive without your second monitor and without your computer chair. And yeah, I, I will say, uh, so w with all my time in Victoria, I actually haven't been using a second monitor. I've oh. been operating totally just on the laptop itself. Okay. Uh, I'm very good with OSX shortcuts, so I have all I have all of the gestures down for like switching desktops and switching that and that. So I'm very productive. 
Uh, I mean, having the second monitor is amazing, and I would right. love to, and I miss it, but I get along okay. Um, I've actually been looking at, I've been getting ads for monitor extension tools. It's like a mount that you put on the top of your, I guess on the upper case of your laptop, and then it has two screens that kind of pull out. Um, they're like iPads, I guess, or about the size of iPads. Oh, okay. And just to give you a little bit more real estate, I don't, I've been curious to know, like trying to dig in what the resolution is. I want to meet somebody who's used one. Um, cause I would invest. I mean, like having that little extra, uh, real estate is really nice. Right. Yeah. yeah no, I, I have two monitors. I, well, I mean, I have the laptop and the monitor, but I, yep. I can't work with less than that. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's barbaric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, the thing that I miss is uh, having a really nice chair at a at a at the right height table. Right. Um, at the co working space I was at in Victoria uh, for a long time, they had this beautiful open area, and I loved being out there. I like being in the action and meeting people and just kind of being present. And I had to. I had to. I was thinking about quitting the co working space because one day I woke up and I couldn't type. Because I had so much pain in my yep, in my absolutely. forearms and wrists, and I had no, I never this had never happened before. So I ended up um, uh, I ended up taking a couple days off, and it, and I, I was okay. And then I, as soon as I came back, it started again. I was like, this must be what an RSI is. This must be a, a repeat stress injury. Um, so uh, I found a part of the co working space that has adjustable height tables and chairs. And as soon as I went there and adjusted it, I had no more pain. So. I can do, I think I can probably do a few weeks of like, you know, non-adjustable or not well-fitting things, but you have to be really careful. Cause yeah, you, yeah. if you can't work, like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. That's my experience too. Like I've tried like, a, sometimes, you know, we'll spend like Christmas at my, my in-laws house mm-hmm. and like, I'll try to get some work done. And right. it's like, no, it's like without, you take it for granted. Like the armrests on the, on a chair that like, that can incline. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you find a perfect position where mm-hmm. all your limbs are at the right angle and it feels comfortable yeah. and you can type for hours. Totally. Yeah. So I, I do find myself missing that. Um, I think you, you can get it. If, if you're in one place for long enough, most co-working spaces have a fixed desk option where right. you can have your own desk with an adjustable everything. Uh, but usually the, 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 I don't want to call it like the pit, but like, you know, like the, the pit where everybody hangs out, where the, <laughs> the, the casual people chill uh, is usually not that, uh, that adjustable. So, which is too bad because I would, try, I would pay a premium for that. You know, right now uh, the co-working space I've been going to is 17 euro a day, uh, but it also comes with a coffee. So that's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, coffee in Portugal is one euro, so it's not that big of a savings. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, like it, if, I, if there was an adjustable height uh, desk, that would be, I mean, I, I would pay 19 euro a day. That would be, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> break the bank. <laughs> but no, I would totally pay more for it. It's, it's yeah, just so comfortable. No kidding. So do you have plans of meeting any other indie hackers that are? In yes. This yes, absolutely. Well, so Diego is here. Right. And uh, you mentioned that you changed my <laughs> you, ch- you changed my transistor profile to be slacking in Portugal, which is totally true. And uh, Diego saw that and was like, oh, Matt, what's up? So if you're listening to Diego, what's up, man? I'm coming to see you. <laughs> so we're, uh, I think we're going to meet on Wednesday. I think we we're set on Wednesday. Okay. So, awesome. Yeah. So we're going to at least have some beer, but he was interested in recording an episode of the podcast. 
a drunk episode. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just oh. trash talking me the whole time. Yeah, fucking Mark, man. This <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, that would be, that'd be a lot of fun. But, you know, I, it would be nice to keep my, uh, my decorum. <laughs> now you get to see all sides of me. It could be a premium episode. I would pay oh, to yeah. hear drunk Matt trash talking me. I save that for my OnlyFans. <laughs> Yeah, so Portugal's going great so far. Uh, jet lag is hard, but the wine is good, the beer is good, the friends are good, the food is good. So can't complain. Exactly. That's what's important. Yeah. What about you? What's going on for you? It's uh, it's exceptionally warm here right now. Like, I heard that, yeah, man. It's like beautiful. Yesterday, I was playing board games at my friend's house on the balcony. Like, oh. Like it was like it it was perfectly comfortable weather. I've, when we planned it ahead of time, I thought, oh, it's going to be a little chilly, right? Our right. hands are going to be cold playing. Yeah. But no, it was like t-shirt weather. Nice. Wow. Yeah. For end of October, this is this is nice. It's, like, uh, you know, sometimes we have snowstorms at this time of year. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, seriously. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. I'm terrified of what it means for the environment, but don't think about that. Just take take nah, the nah, nah, nah. burn, baby, burn. <laughs> I love this weather. <laughs> Seriously, oh I'm gonna God. get a Hummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll coal or whatever that crap is called. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's that's been nice. Um, but otherwise, last week was my developing week, developer week, mm-hmm. coding week, whatever you want to call it. So I've been doing lots of bug fixes or like improving improving the UI to like reduce my support load. Okay. So yeah, I mean I you know I have Evergreen support that's doing a great job at mm-hmm. a lot of the requests, but I still get a lot of like technical support issues. Okay. That I, right now they still can't handle like because they don't have access to like my my database and my CRM and right. So they can't really debug the problem for their customer. So I get all of those, and uh, and often it's like ah, oh, the you know the interface could have just told them what the solution was right. in this case, right? So so I've been doing that, and uh, and I've been fixing some bugs. Okay. Uh, but I did find one bug while digging through the code mm. um, that allowed that allowed like some accounts to to keep using the free account. Even though they should have been paying, so oh. <laughs> so yeah, so there was um, yeah, like like I found one account. He had he had seventeen different websites like being sinking on the free plan right now when, uh. when he should be paying for all of them because they all had custom domains. Oh, so yeah, so then I I looked at at the data and I saw okay, this I mean just this month there's probably like thirty customers that that are using this loophole. Oh. So, so I fixed the bug, um, and then immediately, like, I started receiving some emails from people, like, "Hey, my workflow is not working anymore. It says I need a paid plan." <laughs> so, the, so the the requests are coming in, but you know, if those, you know, like, if you rough estimate those thirty people with a lifetime value of a thousand, mm-hmm. like, easily this bug fix will will generate me a. Th- Thirty thousand dollars of lifetime value. Jesus Christ! It's like that. That is uh, some premium code right there. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know if I've ever written code that valuable. 
or Man. worse, how much has it lost me in the, you know, in the past six months? Yeah, fair question. Because, <clears throat> well, yeah, the, the whole, that whole part of the code is really complicated when I added new plans. Okay. And uh, I'm using Stripe Checkout, and there's no way to, mm-hmm. like, there's no way to, like, tie the subscriptions to the individual workflows in my, in my account. Okay. Anyways, it, it, it's not the best. I, I, I really don't like it, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, right now people can go to the Stripe portal and cancel a plan or upgrade a plan. And there's no way for them to know, like, but which one of my sites is this for? Like, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Like, I want to upgrade the plan for that site. But mm-hmm. once you're on the Stripe portal, there's no way of knowing which right. subscriptions for which site. Mm-hmm. So I have to do this, like, it's like complicated logic each time a workflow runs to like look at all their subscriptions, look at all their sites right. and like, like pair them up dynamically. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, you know, can only be served by the premium subscription. All right. So, so that one takes care of that one. Right. And then I'll do the second highest plans and then the, the cheapest plans. And, mm-hmm. and in the end, if there's, if there's a workflow that's left over that is not paired with a plan, well then, you get the error that says you can't run it. Right. So, yeah. So because it's so complicated, there was a bug in it. And <laughs> it wasn't detecting that people had added custom plan, yeah, custom domains to their to their Webflow sites. Shit. And it just kept syncing. And, <laughs> and they were quietly just using it. And so, yeah. So how do these users find out that the sync isn't working do you do they get sent an email and they're like oh hey by the way you need to upgrade or they actually did the thing and we're like oh wait the sync's not working what yeah exactly it's the okay. latter they just they just tried and then they no longer could or if they had it running on a on a schedule right well the last time that the schedule ran they got an error that says they needed a paid plan and okay. they got emailed to them oh, okay got it <clears throat> so yeah so that was uh that was <laughs> that was interesting, <laughs> but that's fixed, and I fixed a bunch of other little bugs that um, that hopefully will reduce my my tickets going forward. Fantastic. Yeah, and I've been talking with uh, with Evergreen about maybe giving them access to my dashboard so that maybe they could do a bit of technical support. Okay. Requests, or at least like situations where. You know, someone says, hey, I have a paid plan and I can't sync. Like, right. where they can actually look, how many subscriptions do they have? How sure. many items do they have in their workflows? And like, look, they're not going to be going in a database and looking at their data, <laughs> right? Like, that's, yeah. that's a little more complicated. But at least they can do things like that. Like, look, uh, you know, do they have enough subscriptions for what they're trying to do? Totally, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and otherwise, this week is marketing week. Fun. Which means I don't know. <laughs> which, uh, which I mean, what I wanted. I mean, this is Monday morning, so I didn't get much done yet. But my goal is to play around with copy AI and see see how easy it is for me to write some content for okay. for the blog for the site. Got it. And uh, and then maybe if it's easy enough, I would love. I mean, ultimately, I'd love to be able to write like two blog posts in one day. Wow. I don't know how realistic that is, but <clears throat> if I could do that in one day and then I can publish them like one week apart. So that means like, well, you know, one day every two weeks I would be enough for me to, to have a blog post published every week. And then, yeah, after that, I'm going to be looking at uh, my affiliate program. Okay. 
specific plans for the affiliate program, like how to market it or promote it, or what are you what are you kind of examining right now? Yeah, like how to. I mean, I think I will go with a, a third party. Okay. Like right now, I was winging it. I was just using Airtable to manage it myself okay. manually, mm-hmm. and uh, and really, I already have one successful affiliate that's actually referring customers. Okay. So it it wasn't that much of a burden to do it manually and to do the payouts manually. But uh, now it's like uh, maybe if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to promote this then maybe I should use one of those third parties that just does it all for you. Right. So I'm going to be looking at those. And uh, and yeah, th- then it's really a question of finding ideas for affiliates. Mm-hmm. So like, this is how you can promote Power Importer. Yeah. Doing these activities that will allow you to, to refer people to Power Importer. Okay. So yeah, that's my plan. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to keep this up the... The alternating between dev and marketing, like okay. I'm sort of like committing to doing it this week, but uh, but we'll see. What are you? What's the problem? Um, I think it's just I really want to be building some new startups. Sure. <laughs> so, so yes, I mean I I'll need to do marketing for those too, but uh, like this whole like uh, doing one week of dev, one week of marketing. Mm. First of all, I don't I don't love how inflexible it is. Sure. Um, you know, like a, like um, when I'm scheduling calls with people, like should you know should I be not scheduling those during Dev weeks? Like right, or, right? Or do I put them all in Marketing Week? Well, then that's not fair to marketing or mm. whatever. You know, it just seem, it doesn't seem very flexible. Like I don't know. Yeah. I think <clears throat> it might be easier when I look at my week to like to do some time blocking and then say, all right. 20% of my time needs to be marketing and then just block it off, all right? Yeah. I, if I had to guess, I would say that the idea of a marketing week is a an artificial boundary for people who have a hard time finding the time or it's very difficult to put the effort into market. And like, I just don't know that you have that problem. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I, yeah, I'm going to do it this week just to see maybe, yeah. maybe forcing myself to do marketing for a whole week will... Yeah, will help me think about new things. Mm. A bit like forcing myself to really just do coding for a week mm-hmm. allowed me to find this bug. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll find the same thing in marketing. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's. I'm just thinking back to previous conversations we've had. And I recall you saying at the end of a marketing week that your marketing juices were really flowing and you had all yeah. these ideas and things and it was it was hard to get there, but you, but you, wow, you found yourself there. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I just what what I'm questioning is whether I want to be doing marketing at all. <laughs> Reasonable, right? Like going back to our lifestyle business mm-hmm. conversations. Like you know, maybe I, I I could be just doing one week of Power Importer and one week of something else yep. <laughs> instead of alternating between dev and marketing. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. So that's uh that's my update. Cool. So I've got an interesting topic to, to bring All up right. here. So uh, when I came over, uh, when I made it to Europe, the first thing I realized was we were like, okay, got to buy some coffee, got to stay awake here. And I said, oh shit, I don't have any cash. I need to pull cash out of a banking machine. So 
go up to the banking machine and I, I'm because I, I took a, a when I was in school, I did a backpacking trip around Europe. And I remember how expensive it was to I paid for everything in cash. I would just pull tons yeah. of cash out of a banking machine because like the rates you get from your credit card are ridiculous. And the fees even that you get from pulling out of an ATM machine, it's brutal. The fees are nuts. So I remember hearing about TransferWise, which has since rebranded to Wise, and some of their international, um, basically how their cards work, uh, how how they do like electronic funds and um, how to few, how to pump their cards up. So I said, oh, maybe I'll take a quick look, and maybe they do virtual card issuing because I had this awesome experience when I was in New York. <clears throat> My client. Uh, allocated me a Brex card um, or a card through Brex and uh, it was a virtual card and I knew about this virtual card issuing through Stripe or I'd heard about it through Stripe because um, I had thought at one point like oh I think I can make I, I had an idea one at one point to like have a credit card for kids with like a limit of like a hundred dollars so you could give it to them and you could give them allowance through it and that sort of thing and they could use right. it in an app store anyway um I, I, so with Brex, I had had this virtual card and it was the easiest thing in the world. Get this virtual card, pop it into Apple Pay and then update Uber, anything else that I'm going to be using with this virtual card. I didn't even have to do an expense report at the end because it, there's a using the Brex app, you can upload receipts, you can do everything. So at the end of the week, I just like took, I deallocated the Brex card, removed it from everything and, and it was fine. But it was such a seamless experience. I was like, oh man, I wonder... If Wise also does virtual card issuing, and they do, really? so yeah, so they will they they send you a debit card, um, but they'll also uh, they will issue a virtual card that is backed by that debit card. So what you have is a is a credit card, but as far as with like, there's no um, it's a it's a debit instrument. It's not a credit instrument. So okay. you can't like, there's no fees. There's no there's no credit check. There's nothing. Um, we have this, we have a very similar card like this in Canada, actually. Um, all banks have to give this like pseudo credit card. It's, it's basically just a, a credit card with a, with a balance that you load. Um, so you, it's accepted wherever credit cards are and, uh, it allows, but it allows you to do things like online transactions and things like that. So this wise card is exactly the same. So I came in, I opened it up. I think it took me two minutes. So all you have to do is, uh, you have to do, if you have a bank account somewhere, you have to do, know, they have to do some know your customer work around that bank account. So right. it's like, all right, they know me as a Canadian in this bank account. But then I, you fund the Wise platform with some money, so 50 bucks, say. And now on your Wise card, you have a balance of $50. Or you have a balance of negative $50. So you can go out and spend that um, however you want, just with like Apple Pay through the Wise card. And like, what an awesome experience this is. Because I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to go to an ATM and I'm going to pay all these fees. This is going to suck. To I opened up an online credit card in two minutes. It's in my wallet. It's in my Apple Pay. And then I fund it. And then the and then the nice thing is that the fees are like bottom bottom bottom. So you you load it with Canadian dollars, and then they say like, all right, you have a Canadian dollar wallet. And I say, all right, I'd like to open a Euro wallet. So they say, no problem. Here's your Euro wallet. And they there's things like you can't accept funds here until you do some know your customer work against like a, a European bank account. 
But it's fine because I'm just going to be transferring money from internally from one account to another. So they say, great, here is your virtual card for that account. And here is the debit card for that account. We're sending you the debit card. So it's going to my address in Canada. It's fine. I don't need it. Um, I'll eat some, we, we took a little bit of money out. We'll eat the fee on it. That's not the end of the world because we don't need, we, now we don't need cash right. because what's happened is especially during pandemic, everything here is, uh, is, is touchless. Everything uses Apple pay or tap or whatever. So like, even for like, two, you know, we go somewhere and it's like two euros of coffee. They're like, oh yeah, card. Yeah, no problem. Because I used to feel like an idiot, like swiping my card for like a dollar or something like that. Now it's it's totally fine. So I've been learning a little bit about Wise and about the banking system here in Portugal. Because it's like, if I were a merchant, it's like, man, it's two dollars. Like, don't you have cash? Right. But their their payment system inside of Portugal, I think, doesn't have any fees, or if the the fees are incurred somewhere else. So they okay. don't care. Like you can tap anything and why would a merchant get mad they don't incur any fee so you can just use touchless payments for everything so i you so at night i just like come and check my balance and make sure i have 50 euros on my card or whatever and i can just run around tapping my phone everywhere i go and it's (laughs) it is the such it is a crazy experience it's so good like i came in and in five minutes i saved i'm gonna save myself so much money in fees because like when you pull cash out of an atm they're like oh we add 20 percent uh to the conversion uh and if you can even get the atm to give you cash in the first place because a bunch of them won't for whatever reason um but yeah like tons of fees there and then if you if it's a bigger purchase and you actually do want to put it on your credit card your credit card is going to charge you some conversion rate that they choose and then they're going to add another percentage on top of it another percentage fee so i feel like a genius i'm just like going around like (laughs) tapping my phone everywhere but it's um i because i was comparing the fees with like xe.com and being like you know how good of a fee am i really getting you get a pretty good fee sorry you're getting a you're getting a very good rate um i kind of accept xe as just like you know the standard rate and it's pretty i mean thousandths of a percent okay fee. like it's incredibly low um so i was doing some reading into wise and like how the fuck does this how do they do this like what, what what's going on here and it's very interesting so what i found out is if you are running a credit card in canada say you have to have cash balances set up so that you can service the debt of that card because if i don't know like what if there was a plane crash and everybody who owed you money died like you're not going to get that money anymore so you need to have a certain amount of cash on hand in escrow basically to conduct credit business at any time and it seems like this is the case kind of across the board in any country this is the case so what's happening when you so that so this means that if uh if wise wants to service cards in portugal they need to keep some amount of euro and maybe it's the in the union i don't know if it's per country but they have to keep some amount of this money in escrow so that it can pay off but the idea is when you're moving money back and forth you're not moving anything it's all internal accounting that wise is doing and they're just giving you whatever rate they calculate at the time so maybe they're just taking xe they're adding a couple of like thousands or tens of thousands of percent onto it and they're like yeah this is your rate 
like all right cool whatever and then they just say great your account has the money like we we sent the money we quote unquote okay. sent the money but you they just pulled it out of whatever cash reserve they have and it's an internal accounting thing it's very clever okay. so this is like a a wise personal account that you created that's right yeah okay do you, do you also have a wise business account i don't i uh i just signed up for the personal because i i was like yeah I, I don't need anything more than that but i did see that they had a business offering because yeah that's what i've been hearing a lot from other canadians is like no you need to open a wise business account like, damn because yeah you can have all your stripe like transfers be deposited in there so then it stays as usds yeah and then you can have virtual credit cards to pay all your USD expenses. Wow. Domain names. And then, yeah, then transfer over some Canadian dollar Monopoly money to to your, you know, Canadian bank account whenever you need it. Whoa. G- give it some give it some respect. Snow pesos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is dope, actually. Yeah, because all of the, oh, man, that is so good. That is yeah, so good. Because the way I'm doing it now is just stupid, right? It's like <laughs> Stripe converts it to CAD, yeah. puts it in my bank account. And right there, Stripe, like usually it's like 2% more yeah. than the going rate. Yeah. Uh, so then I lose there. Mm. And then all my expenses are in are being put on a Canadian credit card. So mm. they also put on a 2%. Yeah. <laughs> and when they convert it into Canadian, and then I pay it. So, it's, so I'm probably like paying, you know, 4% extra, like, yeah. I mean, one thing, so something my wife and I have been talking about is doing some uh, point hacking, especially oh, yeah. because we're nomads now and we're staying in so many Airbnbs. We pay our rent on our credit card. Right. Which is dope because it's now not, we can, yeah. <laughs> now we can really get a lot of like travel rewards. Um, so we found, uh, so in Canada, the probably one of the better cards of the research we've done is a West uh, WestJet one. And okay. it, it has companion vouchers. So yeah, anytime you buy a ticket, you can buy a companion ticket for a flat rate. That includes business, business class, and uh, it also includes luggage. So it's really handy. Um, but we've been thinking, oh well, maybe we want to, maybe we want to up it. Like, is there a is there right. a more expensive card that we could try to fund everything through? Because like. You know, I don't. It's a, like I don't have payroll. Like, it's just me, <laughs> and my my business expenses are pretty low. Like I think my biggest expense every month is what I pay for the co working space. Like I don't even pay for hosting right now. Um, so or more of my domains. <laughs> if I could pay annually all my domains, maybe that would maybe that would be it, or all at the same time rather. That would be like my biggest month. But yeah, it's really just my co working. So. We've been looking at like how can we funnel all of our expenses through a single credit card and just like rack up miles. Because right now, like I'm just I just have like a crappy. I don't even I, when I opened it, I was just more concerned of having a credit card that I could use start using rather than the points I was getting. But right. yeah, it might be worth it. Yeah, because it sucks that you're like yeah you're getting hit with fees, but it'd be nice at least if you were getting points. Right. So yeah, very so awesome experience, and I'm sure they have. I think there are. Uh, competitors to wise like i think revolute i don't know is that one you've heard of yeah but i think my understanding was that it's only really that wise is available for canadians ah okay like there are there's so many new banks right yeah neo banks that yeah don't get me started about canadian <laughs> banks <laughs> amen amen it's the worst yeah like 
a few a few weeks ago, I tried to download my my transactions from from RBC as a CSV file. Okay. And it just it doesn't work anymore. Like it just it's broken. I've been doing it all the time. Like that's yeah. what I do for my accounting. Yeah. And now it doesn't work. <laughs> and I saw someone else on Twitter mention it that it's not working. Uh, I I used a contact form to tell them about it, and yeah. I got zero response not even an acknowledgement that we received your request like nothing wow. it's been two weeks or more nothing that's canadian uh, banking for you I, i'm not looking forward to doing my wine abbing because that's how i do <laughs> that's how i use do my day-to-day accounting i download all my transactions oh my god right and like we can't even because uh, like i can't we can't use anything like plaid or mx here right. because yeah, they exactly. all use two-factor auth at least with Wise, um, you do need to use two-factor auth in order to okay uh, a transaction. But it happens at exactly the same time that you execute the trans- the transfer. So you can be like, I want to transfer $50. And you open your, I open my phone and it's like, oh, click here to approve the, the login okay. or click here to approve the transfer. So I'm like, great. Like, It's not like it's an asynchronous process. Like That's one of the problems with uh, YNAB is they sync whenever they feel like syncing. And if you're not there to receive the two-factor message or thinking to look for it, the the sync fails. And that's just, there's nothing you can do. And I'm not, it's my bank. Like, I can't turn two-factor off, off. So, banking. I'm so sorry that happened. I will be having to deal with that shortly. And I will, I'll hit you on Twitter when it it does. And they will ignore you too. Great. (laughs) Lovely. Yep. It's not like any other business needs to download their transactions from their business bank account. No, no, that's no, your. No. The problem is you, really. Yeah, I mean, that's where exactly. we're. This is a mark problem. I'm being unreasonable here. Absolutely, go to your room and think about what you've done. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm supposed to be paying my bookkeeper to to look at my paper statement and like transcribe every transaction into the books. You get it. You understand how this works. Yeah, I guess. All right. Cool. Then, all right. Uh, that's it for me. I'll catch you next week. Yep. All right. Cool, man. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.